For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Hey, it is Angie Austin and friends. We've got the good news gals here, Cindy, Beatrice, and Monique, and also producer Dave. And uh, we're going to do some good news. And you wanted to start off with, let's just get right into it. Right. This is a really cool story where they uh, honor this woman who's working at this. She's only 18 and she just does so much for everybody. And she's just so kind in that they, uh, I mean, she gets a pretty cool, she, they honor her and they kind of recognize her. And then she gets this really cool prize because of it. Things move fast during the breakfast rush at this Lamarck, Texas Waffle House. You gotta move fast. You have to. I mean, but you gotta keep your pace. You need more coffee? But for one brief moment, no waitress Avani Nini Williams slowed down. A man eating at the counter needed help cutting his ham. Another customer snapped this picture. What did he ask you? He's like, my hands not working too good. I just got at the hospital for it. And you could tell. You could tell. It was very, very shaky. The picture went viral. An older man, an oxygen tank visible between his legs, sitting at the counter, an 18-year-old Nini cutting the man's food. Laura Wolf took the picture. A picture's worth a thousand words. Right. What's one word for that picture? Um, kindness. When did you know people were talking about you? Later that day. How? Facebook. What can I get for you? 78-year-old Adrian Charpentier is the elderly man she helped. I felt great. She done it for me. I'm very thankful. The mayor of Lamarck was also thankful when he saw the picture. Ebony Nene Williams Day. And proclaimed March 8th Ebony Nene Williams Day, <laughs> making this 18-year-old emotional. A day named after me, you wouldn't cry? What'd you do on your day? Work. <laughs> but the biggest surprise came from Texas Southern University, which gave her a $16,000 scholarship. She plans to study business management, but this teenager has already shown she knows how to take care of customers. Amen. She awesome. could not even speak through like the initial video where she's given that scholarship, et cetera. <laughs> she's just sobbing. And it makes me think about a couple of other people caught doing things that are very kind, being kind to others. And that, you know, integrity is shown when, you know, people aren't watching and you're doing the right thing. And uh, that's what happened with her, that she was cutting this elderly man's meat for him at the counter. And it was something so simple. And there have been a couple incidents recently with young men. At uh, One guy was helping to feed a, a boy, and like a teenage boy, helping to feed a customer. Mm. And he also was given accolades for that. But boy, a scholarship, are you kidding me? That was amazing. But she just was crying. She couldn't even like gather her Take it wits in. about her to speak about it. Amen. Amen. Good for her. I like waffles. 
My husband likes waffles. Oh, doesn't? Are you kidding me? He loves the Waffle House. Oh, I haven't had one in a while, but boy, I'm telling you. I can't. Yeah. I can't go They're there. a splurge. Yeah, definitely. That's a, yeah, Cindy's, a good one. A splurge, right? Yeah. yeah. Like when Cindy comes to my house, so um, my favorite muffin that are like mini cakes. Oh, Lord. For the kids. Oh, I Lord. I know. Okay. Are you kidding me? I know. Hallelujah. I know. That's like nothing but cake. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my my favorite those are so yummy, the, too. The bunt shop. My friend's a Christian. She owns the bunt shop. Mm-hmm. And that, I'm telling you, is the best cake I've ever had, the bunt shop cakes. Mm-hmm. She's coming here. Pam. Oh, you know Pam, don't you? Yeah, Producer Dave? Yeah, yeah, she's friends with John Rush too. Yes, she's she coming back here. Yeah, I know. We should get she her gonna in bring here. Cakes. Yeah, she brought cake last yeah. time. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, she did. When is she, she coming did. so I can make sure? Oh, oh that's what is so <laughs> that whole family's entrepreneurs. Show up that day. <laughs> that whole family's entrepreneurs. Yeah. I think they're a really great family here. Her son actually started this company called uh, Drip Joy, and they invented this whole uh, single coffee maker, and they deliver the coffee to your house. It's a really cool thing. That's neat. Mm. All right, so yeah. we've got more good news. Or does anyone want to talk about how God? God's moving in their lives because I always really get a kick out of you guys talking about, you know, what the Lord's doing. I have to say, I, I've had quite an experience recently with, you know, what's happened with my other show. And so maybe I'll talk about that, but I'd rather start with you guys and see what's no, going on Angie, with you. you know something? You always put us first. No, we want you. We want to uh, hear Angie. Hi, this is Beatrice Bruno, the Drill Sergeant of Life, and I'm sitting here with Angie Austin, the good news gal herself. Angie, you've had quite a journey here lately. Why don't you tell our listeners about the journey that you've experienced to get to where you are? today. Oh, wow. Me, Angie Austin, host (laughs) of the Good News and also the Angie Austin Show. Okay, so I have been uh, working on Daybreak USA, which is a nationally syndicated show for the last four years. And uh, so recently uh, there was a decision made that I could start my own show. And uh, I have a co-host by the name of Mike. Uh, And I really want to call a few. I would love to call one of my friends who's been helping me uh, and so, Dave, I'm going to send you her number and see uh, if she'll let us talk to her. Um, and so I'm going to put, you know, Dave, call Beth and see if she'll pick up. And so I'm going to send this to you right now because I have been blown away at, besides you guys, other people who've made not a dime helping me. And so when the opportunity came for me to start my own show, I'm like, I have three kids. They're in four sports at, right now, and I am a, like a professional Uber driver for them at night. My husband has a startup. He's gone a lot. He travels a lot. And it is really crazy and busy and wild. And so to start my own show, let's see, I'd need to get new open, so I'd need a voiceover guy. I'd need new music and it has to be music that's free right now because I don't have a budget. I'd need a co-host. I would need affiliate salespeople to call um, affiliates around the country and ask if they want to take my show. I would need salespeople. I would need a technical director. I would need a board operator. I would need satellite time, which runs about $3,400 a month. And so how do I come up with all of these things? on basically with no advertisers right now. So how do you start a show when you don't have advertisers yet and then you need all of those things? Well, that would cost like a lot of money, right? That's a lot of personnel. That's a lot of people. Mm -hmm. They, all of my friends came out of the woodwork and my producer, you got her, you got her. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah, Beth's okay, right all right. Okay, so hold on, Beth. Not yet. Hold on, Beth. So not only did I get a guy that looked for uh, a friend to look for video or uh, uh, music for me, I got a friend to write a press release for me. I got a friend to call affiliates for me. I got a friend to help me make arrangements for the satellite time. <laughs> and so far, I've put out a grand total of maybe a couple of hundred dollars and what probably would have cost me 10 grand. And I have a budget of zero and I have zero ab- uh, um, advertisers. So how did I? All in, within a couple of weeks mm-hmm. have a nationally syndicated show on the air. It's because all of these people that love me came around me and the queen of this whole team is Beth Moranville. She has a company called The Show Must Go On. And Beth, I'm just going to cry thinking about all that you have done for me in the last couple of weeks because really my show being syndicated should say Angie Austin and Beth Moranville. Amen. <laughs> You think the United States is ready for that? <laughs> I mean, girl, I mean, I can't even believe. I mean, Beth's making phone calls to affiliates. And you should see, you should do like a sample of how you sell me. I mean, she makes me seem like the best thing in the United States of America, including Alaska and Hawaii. I mean, when she sells me and my show, she makes it seem like, and the, the odd tie-in to all of this is that Beth's husband actually hired me for the job that I was doing years ago and so they really believed in me and then believed that I could have my own show and so Beth said you know I think it's time for you to start your own show didn't you Beth well here's the deal it's not believed it's believe because what I believe is that our nation and us as individuals we need hope we need to know that there is something good happening out there. And yes, there are all kinds of bad things. And we do need to keep up with what's going on so that we can do our part to help make things better. But to know that every day an individual can turn on the radio and they can hear good news, they can hear your voice, they can hear laughter and encouragement and truth. What a wonderful thing that is. It's like you're bringing a breath of fresh air, of good air. Oh, yay, let's breathe in something good for a change that's happening. (laughs) And I believe in that. I'm dedicated to bringing hope. And so I get to rep you and bring hope across the nation to people who are so inundated with sad, bad, awful, death, more pain, we'll never make it. Hmm. And you say, "Uh, not so. Don't you oh, love her? Love it. That's awesome. No. Hey, Beth, yeah. where you from? You you sound like you're from the South or something. Yeah, she is. I'm from Southern California. Oh, Lord. Oh, have stop mercy. It. That's not, not even close. <laughs> no, that's where, that's where they are now. But tell them where you're really from. I'm actually from Georgia. Okay. But one of the reasons that I'm so passionate about bringing hope and the things that Angie's doing with her show is because I lived through things in the South that a lot of people might not know are really going on. And God has been faithful to meet me and help me and carry me through and sometimes push me through and drag me through. Mm. So if I have a chance to help another woman who has overcome all kinds of things herself and can give that same message every day over and over and over and over and over, then absolutely this girl from the South is standing up and saying, you go girl to Angie Austin. Amen. Can you believe it? So she's the one woman team that kind of headed up like, oh, you need this and then you need that. You need to do this. You need to do 
do that. And then we would tag team calls together. And then it was a total God thing. Um, Beth knew someone from her church that she thought could maybe uh, help us make these affiliate calls. And she was straight from Jesus. This woman was a machine. I mean, she would go Mm -hmm. through affiliate lists and then come back to us with emails and numbers and whatever. And then Beth has the um, the gift of gab where she can she's friends. The day we met, she said, do you want to be friends? We met right here in this room, this studio where we're sitting. And uh, she said to me right away, she's like, you want to be friends? And then we have been friends ever since. I would go to Bible study at her house and my kids know them. And we're going there for fall break. And, you know, we've kept up over the years of us becoming friends through the good news and her husband that I'd worked for at one time. And just um, I just... Beth, it makes me cry. And I, I talk to my other friends that you know that have been helping me get this show on the air. And for us to be up on a satellite and have press releases out and have, you know, eight to 10 affiliates in one week um, really is mind blowing that it happened that fast. Yep. I mean, if it wasn't God, I kept telling you, like, I felt like I was in this boat and I really, I'm, I'm, I don't know how to drive a boat. I don't have a life jacket. <laughs> I can't be in this boat. I told you I don't want to go on a boat. And then everybody kept pushing me in the boat and the boat was the show. And like, I kept saying, I can't do it on my own. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. And you, you all kept coming out of the woodwork. And I felt like God was like just <laughs> pushing me, pushing me to do this show because you all came with all the skills that I didn't have to make it happen. Hmm. You know what? I was I was laughing, just thinking God has been speaking for months and months to me about John 6, that um, Jesus and the disciples were in the boat out in the lake, and then suddenly they were at the shore. And that's kind of what's happened with Angie Austin's show, is that we were out in the lake, you were out in the lake, and then suddenly here you are, and you have this show. I've let shows for years, and a lot of of shows will flounder out in that lake, and some of them never, ever make it. But yours has been, like, miraculous. Here you are out in the lake. Bam, you're at the shore, you've got affiliates. It truly is a miraculous story, and I would love to be, oh, yes, it's all about me, but it's so not because I have to have a good product. I have to have a good show host, and I have to have somebody that's dedicated. And one of the things that I know about you and that I love to talk with my program directors and GMs about is that you're real. You're not somebody that's all fake. You have a husband and three children and a career and a walk with God and friends and things that you do across Denver and Colorado to help other people. You are a real person. And if there is anything that this country needs, it's real people who are willing to show up and say, hey, I'm going to walk this walk with you. Let's have our coffee in the morning together. In fact, I had one of the GMs tell me that he loves your show because his listeners can get up with their cup of coffee and sit at the table and start their morning out with Angie Austin. So they see the realness of you. Isn't that cool? Yes, and pretty soon, (laughs) Beth, I'll be able to pay you with more than hope if things keep going. You know, then you can put in your wallet actual green um, paper things rather than just the hope of, uh, you know, Angie Austin show. And I want to say she's so stinking funny because one of the affiliates tried to cut down on my commercial time, and she goes, let me tell you something. And Angie Austin cannot cut that commercial time because Angie needs to put shoes on those little babies' feet. Mm. That's all right, right there. She said, she was right. It's the truth. And you never know. I mean, you know, she, she asked, 
and we gave her the answer back, and I gave it to her professionally, and she was fine with it. She, she was, just thought she, she said, would ask. But. She said never hurts to ask, and Beth goes, that's fine, but she still needs to put uh, shoes on them feet. <laughs> that, I love it. Hey, that's being from the South. That's right. We yeah. raw, we are raw and uncut. That's all right. Oh. I just love you so much, Beth, and you and your uh, and your sweet hubby, and uh, I just can't wait to get out there and celebrate with you, and I can't thank you enough. I think you know how grateful I am, but um, I thought it was worth reiterating. Thank you. It's just so wonderful to be a part of your team, and I am adamant that every single radio station, even music stations, should be carrying your show. Oh, I'm adamant like about that. it. It's my job, and I won't stop until I've talked with all of them. So, Cindy, if they right. make a bad choice, that's their problem. But <laughs> I, can make, I can help them make a good choice. <laughs> what were you going to say, Miss Cindy? Isn't that what Michelle Ron says? Michelle yeah. says, make good choices. Right, make good choices. So You're I'm right. Out there trying yes, to help Michelle. Them make a good choice. Cindy, what were you going to say? Beth, this is uh, Cindy, a uh, good friend of okay. Angie's, and I just adore her. I just want to say, God bless you. God bless you, girl, for Thank loving you. on our Angie and, uh, <laughs> and for your ministry. Amen. Amen. That's good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We we can certainly um, use great uh, hope ourselves. We have, my husband is putting a radio station, a local radio station on the air out here in Southern California and is really adamant to give hope and life to people who may not ever walk into a church. And my passion is for people who are hurting, who need hope, that may be 60 more seconds is longer than they think that they can go. So we do need prayer. (laughs) Tell him about the station, Beth, because he's working on that right now. It's called, since we are right out in the area of um, the uh, winery, the wine country, it's pretty amazing. The station is called, uh, it's 102.5 The Vine, and it's going to be a local station that's going to draw together the communities of the Inland Valley of Temecula, Hemet, Menifee, Murrieta, um, Paris. Paris has been in the air. Uh, West of San Diego, inland from San mm-hmm. Diego. Yeah. Yep. And so it's yep. just an area that really can use an infusion of Christ. And then, Beth, give us your website if people want to check out your shows, including the Angie Austin show. <laughs> okay. It is the show must go on dot website. And you can click on talk and you'll be able to see all the shows that I have. Do you mind if I quickly give a little plug for Closer Than Your Breath? Oh, go for it. She, she wrote a book okay. about how Jesus helped her through the most difficult time in her life. Amen. Yeah, I would love to say that it was all about me. Basically, the book is me throwing up in my pain from loss that I've had from divorce and death and sickness and goes on and on of places where I was. And God just met me and gave me words that gave me hope for when I was in that place of I can't do 60 more seconds, God. There's too much pain here. And he has met me every single time and given me words that he said, give to others because people are hurting and they need to know this word. It's not just for you, Beth. And so it's um, available on Amazon, Closer Than Your Breath. And um, I am passionate to speak it, say it, sing it, whatever it takes to give people hope because I've lost friends to suicide who could not make it through mm. 60 more seconds. Right, who, so. couldn't, who mm. couldn't handle the pain, and we want to offer that hope of Jesus. So we're going to be uh, praying for the vine down there in Southern California. And again, give your show website. It is the show must go on dot website. Love you. 
Love you. Have a wonderful day. Thanks, honey. Well, okay, so that, that that was a beautiful surprise. I mean, just wow. um, wanting she's, to get wow. Beth. I know she's uh, exceptional, mm-hmm. and you know, just uh, being able to have her support to get the show going has been so. I mean, I couldn't have done it without her or the team of people who came around me. And again, you guys, I'm not kidding you. Like, no, I mean. <laughs> Uh, they they just did this out of the goodness of their hearts. Like everyone that helped me, I never would have done my own show, syndicated show, without this team of people. I mean, think about the people that do syndicated shows and the backing they have and how someone's paying them and whatever. I mean, we mm-hmm. all we are all unpaid getting it off the ground. I and, have no and, idea. And I hope that the you know the world responds and the stations respond and are interested in a show that you know you can get up with in the morning. It's on up by the way our sister station, uh, AM five sixty KLZ, uh, the Cross. Crawford's have been wonderful enough to take my program uh, here at Crawford Broadcasting. So AM 565 to 7 AM and 11 AM. So that's how God is working in my life. And it really is a miracle. I mean, the whole thing is a miracle. If you want to reach out to the good news gals, uh, you know, real estate, beauty, hair, uh, uh, writers, speakers, and Beatrice also a writing coach. If, she, if you have always wanted to write a book like producer Dave is doing, uh, go to AngieAustinRadio.com. Love you guys. Good news of Jesus for you in high definition radio and streaming at 670kltt.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. Hi, it's Angie. Hey, do you have a lot of things around your house you want to get rid of? My husband wants me to get rid of anything and everything that is in his way. 303-238-JANE. I love ARC. They help people in our community. Every dollar you spend helps, and everything you donate helps. 303-238-JANE. They bring a truck right to my house. I actually have them come every month or two, and it is so helpful to get that place cleaned out because you know what? My husband's a lot nicer to me when I donate things, and who better to donate to than ARC? 303-238-JANE and arcthrift.org for a location near you if you just want to drop a few things off and do a little shopping. arcthrift.org, shopping with a purpose. I love Arc. Welcome back to the good news. I'm getting back in the swing of things after the long holiday. Moose took 11 long days of vacation. 11 long days. Or he's nodding. Yes, Angie. Did you? We all did. <laughs> no, I did work on my other show a little bit. But let's be honest, it was a pretty good vacation. Not quite like a uh, President Obama vacation of 17 days. I don't know who has that. Okay, Craig, <laughs> Craig Lounsborough, I mentioned uh, he was going to be joining us after the break. He's a licensed professional counselor, and he's a certified professional life coach. And Craig, you and I have discussed in the past that people come to you because they're just plain depressed, and you're a Christian as well. Mm-hmm. And kind of give me a synopsis of what you've told me in the past, because I think it's interesting. What what are, what are people missing? What is wrong? I just read, and let me just throw this in there. The Keeping Up with the Kardashians, I don't watch it, but I flipped around, and I know who the main players are. There's about four, five, six girls who are really beautiful. Mm-hmm. There's one son, and then one of the girls, the oldest girl, is married to this guy by the name of Scott. And... Here's the quote that I read that he said on Sunday. He said, if it weren't for these three kids, I would kill myself. Mm. Craig, he has everything. He has a beautiful wife that he was supposedly unfaithful to. He's in and out of addiction. His parents were wealthy. They both died recently. Um, He's got a beautiful home, beautiful children. Uh, Everything that society would say would make him happy. And he said on the show, allegedly, I just read the article today, if I didn't have these three kids, I would kill myself. 
Mm-hmm. What's going on? Well, I think what's going on, we, we have a culture that is embracing a lot of things that are really superficial in nature, and we have the culture perpetuating that. And what we're finding is the way the culture puts that out there is very appealing and very compelling to people in terms it's of... It's shiny. Oh, yeah. It's, it's very shiny. It's yeah. very attractive. Everybody's got one, and we want one, too, whatever that happens to be. The pool, the car, the whatever. Absolutely. And so the cell is quite effective, actually, and people buy into the cell, and they go out there. And the problem with the cell is the cell doesn't meet the fundamental needs in life. So what do people do that they look someplace else? No, they typically don't. What they do is they look for more of the same. Mm. So if I just have more of this or more of something similar to this, and this is going to solve, absolutely, it's going to solve my problem for me. And so they've bought into this wholesale. And I think we have a culture that's bought in it into it wholesale to the point that we don't see any other options anymore in terms of what life could be, what we can invest ourselves in, what we can draw meaning from. And the older we get, the more we realize this stuff doesn't meet those fundamental needs. So we've racked up all this stuff for years, possibly decades, and we're sitting here with all of these things, just like you mentioned a moment ago. And we find out after having it all, it doesn't meet the need. And then the question becomes, where do I go from here? Because people don't know that. They just go get more of the same right with the same and if you keep getting more and more and st- more stuff and i think you and i uh, spoke recently about another guy associated with the same group of gals the kardashians mm-hmm. uh, lamar odom mm-hmm. a professional basketball player a multi-multi-millionaire and then overdosed and re- still in bad shape mm-hmm. mentally and physically because of whatever happened with him mm-hmm. and again st- striving for more and more oddly enough in this same family that seems to have everything Correct. Well, I think that's part of it. The family system perpetuates that. But then there's a larger culture that's looking at these particular families. And they're looking at these families. So these families have to produce. And so in their mind, they're having to produce these stories, these scenarios, these marriages, all these kinds of things. And people out here are looking at that and saying, this must really be what's of worth and value. This must be what makes me happy because these people look happy. And so they go after it, finding it to be empty. Now, you said something early on, and uh, when we buy into the world's dream of what they say will work for us, uh, you said the, funda- the fundamental needs in life aren't met. What are the fundamental needs? Well, I think the fundamental needs, you could, do, you could take that a lot of ways. You could go back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. But pushing that aside, I think the fundamental needs are what is my purpose and my, my, my destiny in life? In other words, we're all born for a reason. Why am I here? What is my purpose? What am I supposed to fulfill? Because I think that we're created for that very purpose, and we're going to find our ultimate meaning and fulfillment in achieving that purpose. Well, that purpose is not the acquisition of things. That's where our culture gets caught up in this. Our the, the, our purpose, it could be any number of things, but that typically is what I call our passion. What's my drive? What drives me? What feeds me? What does that? And until people look for that, they're not going to have happiness. The problem is what the world offers is a lot easier to acquire. My purpose, that's a, that's a bigger question. It's a much more difficult question for people to answer. It takes energy. It takes time. It takes exploration to get there. And a lot of people don't want to put that energy out into that. They want something fast and cheap that gives them this sense of pleasure. And the problem is that stuff does, but it does so only momentarily. And after the effect fades, they go and get more and more of it, where I think finding out why are we here, what's our purpose, what were we designed to do, finding out what that is, moving in that direction, embracing that and fulfilling that, that is what gives us that that sense of meaning and value. Okay, Craig, a licensed professional counselor. So someone comes into you and you tell them just what you told me. And they say, well, how do, how do I do that? I don't know my calling. I don't know my purpose. I don't, how do they find their passion? What if they, a lot of people are waiting for God to just like text them like, hey, Craig, it's me. God, here's your calling. I thought I'd shoot you a text. Like I, and they're just sitting in the chair, like waiting. And they're waiting to make their move because they're right. waiting for God. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, precisely. So when the people come to me as a life coach and they want to find out what's my purpose or what's my meaning, what did God design me to do? Very rarely does anybody have the answer to that question. So that's an exploratory piece. And there's a couple of different ways to look at that. Rick Warren in his book, A Purpose Driven Life, talked about the SHAPE an acronym. Great an acronym for looking back and figuring out what your purpose is. The fundamental premise of the acronym is this. We are designed and created in a certain way to fulfill a certain purpose. So if we look at our design, we look at our personality, we look at who we are as people, that in and of itself will tell us many things about our purpose. Two, what is our life experience? What have we been through? What has life brought our way? What things have transpired? Believing that God designs life in a way that things are going to play out to prepare us for that ultimate destination. So if we look at life and what has happened in our lives, that's going to give us that direction. Three, what's been our education? So what what have we gone after? What have we learned? What, what, What have we gotten academically? Four, what is our core personality? In other words, how are we hardwired? Everybody has a certain personality, and what does that personality predispose us for? So in other words, I think the clues for who we are supposed to be and what we're supposed to do are based in who we are and our history as God has laid that out. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I think that we get stuck because we want it to be crystal clear. And I feel like sometimes you just need to take a baby step and exploring something you think you may have a passion for or starting to go in a direction you think may work. And it's okay to step back and say, wow, that didn't work. And we make such judgments. I have a nephew that had left dance and now he's working at a bank. And he said, I thought, uh, he's depressed. He said, I thought about what makes me happy. And I thought being on stage with my partner dancing when I'm dancing with her and <clears throat> we're getting applause. Right. He said, the feeling I have is so happy. And he doesn't get that at the bank when someone comes in for a withdrawal. And I said, look, here's what I want to tell you. You've changed your mind a few times. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Secondly, you also have to make some money in order to do this. So can you balance both? He changed his schedule at the bank in order to be part of this troop. I said, but don't just like, he doesn't have his driver's license yet. He's 21. I said, he calls it adulting, being a grown-up. He goes, I don't like adulting. I said, well, you are an adult. Now you're 21, so you have to start adulting, as you call it. (laughs) He told my kids, I'm adulting. They said, why aren't you here for Christmas? Because I'm adulting and don't try it. It's not fun. Okay, welcome to our world. Okay, so with that said... I said you have to balance your passion right now for making a living, and sometimes you have to do both until you can make the passion a living. That's correct. There's a practical element to life and living. So you can't just run off after a passion pell-mell and figure out that's going to work for you. So there's a balance that has to be struck in responsibly living out your life. So a lot of people have a hard time with that. Going back to your earlier comment, a lot of people feel they need to know what their passion is, and because they don't, there's something wrong with them. Passion, I tell Uh. people... Play with ideas. That's what I tell them. Play with concepts. And really, if you want to get down to passion, the core of the passion, the question, the passion question, as I put it to people, is how do I want the world to be different because I was here? Hmm. So what kind of footprint am I leaving? What's my legacy going to be? My epitaph, what do I want that to read? At my funeral, what do I want said? Because all of those things, how do I want the world to be different? I think that embodies at its core what our passion needs to be. Love it. And if we could all make part of that, you know, in raising our children, um, I think having a kid is really like Jesus saying, stop thinking about yourself all the time. You know, it's not about you because it can't be about you, especially when you have little kids. And so I think that um, investing in them certainly would make the world a better place if more parents could really concentrate on putting time into the kids. And it's interesting because I think they reach an age where they seem disinterested in us. Even my 10-year-old, we were going to the gym or doing something, and he said, well, I'm just going to stay home and play with Legos with Grandma. And uh, 
grandma watches TV and then he disconnects and goes off and does his thing. I said, no, we, and my husband's like, all right. I said, no, I said, no, we do these things as a family. Correct. We go to the gym and we swim together and we take walks together. We rock climb together. That's what we do. And as teenagers, they start to try to pull off from that. Correct. But I think they need us just as much, if not more. Yes, I agree. They're trying to, you know, exert their, uh, their, their freedom and their independence and show us that, you know, they're growing up. But I still think they need us even when they act like they can't stand us. Does that make sense? No, it makes total sense because what they're trying to do is figure out a lot of the things you have already figured out. But they presume to know these things. That's part of the problem. And so as parents, we have to provide those life experiences and that direction to these kids in order to help them navigate this life and do the very thing we just mentioned a moment ago is figure out what their passion is. If you don't figure out, if you don't know what life's about, you don't know the journey of life, how are you going to get to your passion? Because you haven't figured out life at all. So you're going to end up dead end. Well, that's what we do with our kids, I think. We provide them by our example, that path, that life, how we live life how we direct things. Well, I think you put out a big, a good article. And if you're just joining us, Craig Lounsborough is a licensed professional counselor, certified professional life coach, and a Christian as well. And um, your last email that I received from you is about the new year. And uh, you said, first, a new future is not a facelift. So do you want to kind of break down the article for us a little bit about the new year? Do you want to use my um, my article from my phone that you wrote? <laughs> <laughs> well, you can know. You can use it. I like to I have I notes. Have my readers I, to be able to oh, read okay, that. Yeah, it's so pretty tiny, huh? Well, you say, that. first, a new year, a new future is not a facelift. Yeah. A lot, what a lot of people try to do is, is we try to recreate the past because recreating the past doesn't demand anything new of us. We don't have to explore anything else. We don't have to ask larger questions. Oh, recreating the past is easy. Absolutely. It's a lazy way out. Mm -hmm. Even if the past didn't work for you, you're just like, well, I know how to do this. Exactly. There's a familiarity to it. There's a comfort level to it. So a lot of people, if you watch New Year's resolutions, having just come through New Year's, most folks are just regenerating or recreating a past that they're trying to get away from, which is the oddity of it all. Why would I recreate a past I'm trying to get away from? I think I'm going to want to do something innovative, but that means change and people fear change. Even if it's better? Of course, it's because it's unfamiliar. And that's why people who come from horrible homes pick horrible spouses sometimes. Well, absolutely. People, families, people repeat a lot of behaviors, a lot of uh, a lot of tendencies in their own lives, in their families, in their marriages. Why? Because it's familiar. And again, it goes back to what we said a moment ago. It's about, I'm just going to try to do the same thing. I'm going to do it differently. I'm going to do it more aggressively. I'm going to do it harder, assuming I can do the same thing and get a different outcome. But that's the flaw in the thinking. You can't do the same thing and get a different outcome. You have to do something different. And that means change. Well, and also risk, you say, Secondly, you say a new future demands risk. That's correct. R risk simply means that you, you might look at your life like a box. And I can function within a box that has its parameters and has all the dynamics of the box. And I can work within the box to try to change the box or modify the box, whatever I'm doing. But to step outside the box, there's risk because there's unknown out there. There's things I haven't done before. There's challenges I haven't taken myself to before. There's all kinds of things outside the box that create a risk element for me. So people prefer safety. Therefore, they, uh, they don't choose risk. And therefore, because they don't choose that, they never go outside the box. I think it's interesting because in the article you said regarding a new future demands risk. When we start counting the costs of building a truly new future, we play a shrewd but misdirected game of give and take. Uh, where we begin to realize that the further the future that we've planned out is from the past that we're living now... It, the greater the risk and the higher the cost, the more work. Correct. So if your future, if you're seeing like, wow, I really want to do 
B, but I'm, I've been doing A. Right. But how much work is B going to cost? How much risk is B going to cost? Right. It, it, it can be so overwhelming that you just go, you know what? Even though I'm not thrilled with A, I'll just stay here. Correct. Because B, even though it's tantalizing, and if it worked out, it'd be great. Uh, what if it mm-hmm. didn't work out? That's correct. Would it be worse than, would I just be right back where I ended up at A? Correct. The greater the difference, the greater the risk. So the further I want to push myself out there, that distance enhances the risk that I'm going to experience. So people don't want that risk, so they want to play it safe. So I'm either going to stay in my box, and if I'm daring to step outside of my box, I'm just going to go just outside my box. That's all I'm going to do. Just a teeny bit. Just a teeny bit. A couple of steps. It reminds me of this uh, movie, Crudes. It's for kids, and it had to do with the dad always kept them in the cave because if you went outside the cave, something could happen to you. And the girl's finally like, I don't really just want to live in just the cave. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) All right. And third in your article about a new future, a new future will demand something new. And that's kind of what we discussed. That's uh, more risk doing something new. Number four, a new future means grieving what we're leaving. Correct. Exactly. That's part of the problem is we, we when we leave something, there's an ending. And the ending means we have to leave something behind. There's a grieving process to that. A lot of people don't want to grieve the loss. In fact, what people want to do is they want to take the past into the future. And if you think about that, they really can't do that. So all I'm doing is recreating the past, thinking I'm taking the past into the future, and I'm not. So a lot of people don't want to lose the past. They prefer to retain the past rather than grieve it, and therefore they're not going to go anyplace. Now, is that like when you say they bring the past, is that just old grievances, unforgiveness, bad relationships? Like, what do we need to get rid of in order to have that new future? Well, we probably need to get rid of all kinds of things. We, we need to do that. We need to let the past go. That involves forgiveness. That means grieving the loss. That means dealing with our own anger regarding the past. But it also means changing the way we think, changing the way we do things, changing the way we behave. There's all kinds of changes in behavior that we have to do because, as I said a moment ago, we repeat behaviors assuming if I do it enough or with enough frequency, it's going to have a different outcome, and it's not. So we have to be very frank about our patterns of behavior, whether that's work-related, how I view myself, how I view the world, how I engage relationships. It doesn't matter. What are my patterns that are causing me to repeat some of these behaviors, and I have to change those patterns up if I'm going to get a truly new future? Now you say... Number five, a new future is not building a museum. Uh, you talk about a hoarding tendency, collecting Absolutely. stuff. It's so funny you say this because my <laughs> husband said that you're, the kids are starting to get those hoarding tendencies of your mom because my mom likes to keep things. And uh, we, we just cleaned out the basement of toys, toys they have not used in like two years, mm-hmm. tears over that mm-hmm. stuffed animal. Oh, yeah. My son has 50 stuffed animals in his room, and he couldn't give away a couple beanie babies. My husband said, pick out three. He's sobbing on the floor. He's 10. He's got a giant banana bigger than this desk. Mm-hmm. And it, no, not my banana. I'm like, oh my goodness. It's sobbing. Finally, we get him to give like two old dusty beanie babies from the bottom of the pile. The pile is bigger than his bed. Absolutely. People hold on to the past. And I usually tell people, if you haven't used it in a year, you might as well get rid of it. You're probably not going to use it. The problem with that is, like your son, people attach meaning to objects. So the object is irrelevant in terms of whatever the object is. What's what's relevant is the meaning that they've attached to that object. So we carry all these objects through life because we've attached meaning to them. Interesting. And they keep us from going into the future. Yeah. Well, I have nothing from my childhood. It has nothing to do with me not <laughs> keeping things. It's just the chaos of my childhood. Not even like school pictures. And my son said, you don't have any think from your childhood and I want to give these stuffed animals to my son and I'm like you are 10 
And then I said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get a storage locker, and we'll take money out of your bank account, and you can pay for the storage locker every month. How much would that be? I go, mm-hmm. oh, about 50 bucks a month. Oh, that's really going to add up. I'm not sure. And then tears again. I go, well, let's address this when you turn 18 then. We'll address Absolutely. it then. Oh, my goodness. Amazing how at that young oh, age yeah. he can already uh, attach such meaning to these things. Well, of course, because it, it attach, attaches meaning, if you think about it, to their history. And our history is what is familiar. The future is not. The future is unknown. So I have all these things aground me is what I end up doing. Well, Craig, how do people find you? You've got a website. Give us that. www.craiglpc.com. Well, we'll have you back, Craig. It was fun to have you in. Great to be here. Thank you. I love it. I love your passion for helping people and for infusing faith into your work. Happy to do it. All right. We'll be right back with the good news. This year, the Easter Bunny is making a special stop at the YMCA. Join us at the YMCA of the Rockies for a family Easter celebration. Our Little Bunny Egg Hunt for children 6 and under starts at 9 a.m. Then the big kids get to hunt for Easter surprises and hang out with the Easter Bunny at 9.30 a.m. And then at 11 a.m., dress up in your Easter finest for refreshments and photos with the Easter Bunny. Be sure to bring your Easter basket to take home your treat-filled eggs. At the YMCA of the Rockies, we put Christian principles into practice with our fun and informative programs. And our facilities are located in stunning environments that help build healthy minds, bodies, and spirits for all. Please join us Sunday, April 1st for another spectacular Easter brunch at the YMCA of the Rockies. Contact David Otis at 970-586-3341, extension 1378, to make your reservations or go to ymcarockies.org for more information. All right, I have Melissa. She's an ambassador with ARC. You know I love ARC. I get great deals there, but the money goes back to the community and helps so many people. Melissa, tell me about ARC. ARC is just an amazing foundation who helps people with intellectual disabilities, and it's just amazing. I love working there. I've worked there for almost five years. Well, and I feel like there's a family environment there. Now, when I shop at ARC, we always say shopping with a purpose. So let's say I spend $10 at ARC, but how does it help other people? When you buy stuff at the ARC, it helps people with intellectual disabilities. It helps the community. I like working at the ARC thrift store. It's really fun. I think you have such a fantastic personality. I think one of the best things about ARC are the ambassadors like yourself because I think you guys are the heart of the organization. And I find so much positivity and encouragement. And I want ARC to come to my house with a truck. What do I call? You call 303-238-JANE. Again, the number is 303-238-JANE. The website is arcthrift.org. Again, it's arcthrift.org. You rock, Melissa. Thank you for coming in to talk to me about art. Angie Austin, and I'm trying to get you to know the good news gals better. And so Monique Davis is joining us for this last segment. And so uh, people know you've got three kids, Monique. Uh, your husband was a professional football player You uh, for 10 years. You tra- uh, traveled all over the country, basically, with him. Yes. And that you've had a business as well. Yes. So I have a hair extension line. And my friend and I, her name is Taylor Barbara. She has a shop um, at Solar Salon in Cherry Creek, um, Suite 109. And we became friends and we were just talking one day and we decided to never before 
um, I met her had I ever worn hair extensions. Really? Never. So how long ago did you start wearing them? Because you, you always have cool colors in your hair. Never. So probably about three years. Really? It took some time for her to get me. First, I started off at getting the braids, which I love. That's my go-to braiding my getting long braids but she kind of got me into comfortable enough to move into some other stuff so and I love it and then is there a website to where people can check things out it's all hair.net it's all hair.net mm-hmm. and I know your girls sometimes have other colors in their hair as well those are your yes, extensions we, too we love them that's the way that we express ourselves and especially with African-American women we we express ourselves a lot through our hair so it's it's just it's like my hair under here my real hair is all braided back and I have to tell you, I just realized something that I actually approached one of your daughters at a soccer game once, and I didn't even know you. And I, I don't even know. I, I know your your youngest daughter, but I don't even know if I knew that that was her sister. Mm-hmm. And I just tapped her in the back and I said, "You have the coolest hair I've ever seen," because it was braided with all these different colors braided into it. And and we change. I don't really change colors. I get the same color all the time. Um, the red, but my daughters they may have Blue. green. or blue or purple or pink or gray, however they're feeling. You mentioned that you are Mm African-American. I am not. Can uh, anyone use the extensions and braid them into their hair? Anyone can use the extensions. So anyone can braid in the color. Miss Taylor does... She does all types of hair. So I've seen Caucasian women come in and get extensions, and I watched her do extensions and color... Um, the hair the same color as the the lady. Oh, so it hair. matched. And, so it just looked ma- longer. And I could not tell because I've I worn ex- when I did, when I worked in Los Angeles. I wore extensions all the time, and I still have them with the clip clip in, and they would and they perfectly match my hair. And they're real hair, and I would wear them all the time. And then when I moved to Denver, uh, people were like, "What are you wearing in your hair?" And now they're like, "Everybody wears them, right?" But everybody when I first came here from LA, they're like, "They were like extensions. Like that's how you make your hair so long." They had like no idea what I was doing. I'm like, "Oh yeah, this is like the thing. Don't you know this is the thing?" And it's uh, you know what? It's so when I first started wearing them I was like this is so cool I wake up beautiful my hair is <laughs> all over the pillow when I wake up I wake up beautiful that so, is so cool I, I love, love extensions alright so again uh, it, the, the salon is in Cherry Creek and uh, the website it's allhair.net and the salon who who should they ask for your friend um, Taylor Barbara and um, it's in the Solar Salon 299 Detroit Street Suite 109. Now you come in every week and do the good news, gals. What do you like about doing the good news? Um, the camaraderie. I love being with a group of women who think like me and act like me. I, I get a lot all the time. People say, you act so old, so much older than you really are. I know are. you're not very old. And and I just, I guess, I, I just feel more comfortable around older people because I like to Older learn. people <laughs> like all of us could no, 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 <laughs> not to say that. But hilarious. I love, her, Beatrice, I, I just love her. learning. From, <laughs> I guess because I was raised by my grandparents, I love learning from older 
people. We love there. having you whippersnappers yeah. in here. We learn yeah. from you, no. too. Listen, all of, and I was telling Angie this, all of my closest friends are older than me, except and I And I went like that, and I, I said, thank you? <laughs> <laughs> but I love it, because I can learn from you. It's all oh, hair.net, you little stinker. Oh, Thanks for listening to the good news. <laughs> Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.